Welcome to the Painted Target Podcast. Episode 10, the Painted Target Podcast. I'm Jason at Aware Integrate on Twitter, awarenessintegrations.com. Today I'm here with Billy Redhorse. You might know him on Twitter. Um, well, I should have wrote this down, but what's your handle on Twitter, Redhorse? Uh, I'm known as the Gentleman Mystic, and the at is uh, at Billy Redhorse. Should have had Unfortunately, that somebody. And somebody else had Gentleman Mystic, and he hasn't been active in years, but I wasn't going <laughs> to buy it from him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, the topic today that we're going to talk about is transcendence. Now, this is an important topic, I think, for a couple reasons, because the first reason, I think, is the word gets kind of lost in the spiritual, you know, I don't know, labyrinth, if you want to call it that. A lot of people don't know what it really means. And also because I think that it's an actual tool, you know, in quotes that people can use that's better than some of the other ones out there, or at least just, you know, it's not better or worse, but it gives you another option. So me and Red Horse first linked up, um, I don't know how long it was at this point, I guess it was over a year at this point, mm-hmm. and I was kind of starting on this path, if you want to call it that, and starting, you know, down the normal kind of philosophy I probably started really like everyone did kind of in the psychological section went to the uh, philosophy section and that went more towards the eastern stuff and I found Red Horse's account I'm sure it was through someone we know on there it may have been Jay or something yeah I'm sure it was Jay because he kind of was a, a pivot point you know, trying to get us both connected. And ironically, you and I connected, uh, independent of him. (laughs) Yeah. But around the same time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So I messaged him and essentially said that I was curious on this definition of transcendence because really at that time, and I, I remember it clearly, it's like, I couldn't grasp the idea of transcendence because I could feel it. if that's the way to word it, but I couldn't really grasp it. I was starting to look at things in my life and I was going through an injury at that time, stuff with work. So there was all kinds of, you know, personal stuff going on. And what I was feeling was, okay, there's something going on in my life that is causing friction or causing a problem. So I was in the outlook of, I need to remove that point And then the problem won't matter at all. So if you just had things stacked like on a ladder, you remove one piece of the ladder, the whole thing falls or like, you know, dominoes. But I couldn't really, you know, when you're at a certain level of awareness or consciousness, whatever people want to say, you can't grasp all this stuff. And now I see it. it, I think it's the greatest thing ever. But at the time, I couldn't see it. So I reached out to him to get a definition on that. And we talked and we had some Zoom calls and kind of just you know, went through almost like a little bit of training and I was doing stuff in the background on my own, reading books and he was giving me books to read and we kind of went over it, but I'm going to try to 
define in my low IQ kind of knuckle dragon definition of what I think transcendence is. And I, I think it's something that we could compare to mindsets and frames and all this stuff that's out there, which for me implies you have to stick yourself in a mental box and you have to hold this box. So to me, that kind of says that you're not really that framework, but you're holding it in order to get an outcome. So to me, that's almost like torture. It's like you're in a prison and if you don't (laughs) hold it the whole time, what are you going to do? If you wake up one day and, and don't hold it or you're not in it, well, what happens then? So that was a problem. That's why I got into transcendence. So to me, the definition is basically you could see the duality of a situation. There's the quote-unquote good. There's the quote-unquote bad. There's pieces in the middle, degrees in the middle that are causing you to push more towards one end of that pole. But if you remove the idea of positive, negative, up, down, whatever it is, you're in transcendence. Because you're saying, okay, instead of pushing to this side, pushing to that side, I'm essentially going to rise above it. And I had, I've said this probably on every podcast, but I had someone around here that I've worked with too, that was like the second you could see the duality is the second you transcend it because you see it, you have all the intelligence and you go, oh, there's the data. I don't feel like being tortured by it. You essentially drop it. Mm -hmm. So that's my version of it, but Give us your version, Red Horse, uh, the more eloquent one, because, you know. Well, transcendence, you know, the, the, the dictionary version is very, very close to my operating uh, perspective. Uh, you, know, you could look at transcendence as uh, a going beyond ordinary limits, surpassing, exceeding, not being bound or constricted by um, artificial uh restraints and for me and in my work for many years now <clears throat> excuse me um transcendence has been the 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 top of the heap uh, it's actually rests upon what most people think of as enlightenment and uh, you know enlightenment is this we have this Hollywood version of what it is of, you know, you, 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 you take a pill or you go to a mountain and the sky opens up and you see multiple universes and, and you, you commune with God and you realize that you are God. And, um, you know, that's, that's real nice for selling tickets at the movie theater. And it's even more nice for, uh, padding the, the coffers of spiritual guys that are out there making their living, uh, selling stuff that no one can actually get. And, you know, as you and I have discussed uh, several times, my perspective on enlightenment is that it is just a, realize, a realization of the oneness that we all share, the oneness that we have not only with one another as human beings, but also with the environment in which we live, the, the world which we inhabit, and the, you know, the, the solar system, the galaxy, the universe, and things that we don't even know exist at this point. <clears throat> um, the problem comes when people, as I said, are looking for that, that Hollywood version. Uh, if you will 
if you will go into the average Starbucks, uh, purchase your overpriced uh, bitter coffee, sit down, take a look around you, um, it is my position that a full 50 to 60% of the people there with you have at some point in their life had what could legitimately be called uh, an, an enlightenment event occur yeah. in their life. Um, and usually one of several things happens as a result. Because we in the West are not learned in these uh, states, uh, you could call it a metaphysical state, a psychological, a spiritual state, it really doesn't matter. The, the state is the state, no matter what you call it. Um, when The first thing that usually happens to people when, when this occurs in their life is that they go, oh my God, I'm going nuts. If I just if, if if I just ignore this, it'll go away and I'll be fine again. And that's what happens. So any benefit or merit or insight they might have gained from the event is just kind of written off to a, you know, maybe a little bit of psychosis. Um, a lot of people, when this happens, they default to whatever their familial mythology is, i.e., you know, their, their religious upbringing. Yeah, yep. A lot of people, oh, we must have been Jesus talking to me or, you know, some other saint or whatever. And they cleave to that and cling to it and manage to have, you know, to, to integrate it into their life in that way. And, you know, I, I got no beef with anybody about that. If that's, if, you know, I have said many, many times that spirit speaks to us in the language that we best understand. So, you know, that's why a lot of people are able to, to uh, you know, integrate it in that way. Some people, you know, the third group, they just, you know, to put it as bluntly and crassly as I can, they go fucking nuts. Yep. You know, they, uh, especially if it was a, an event that was uh, artificially uh, instituted yeah. and yeah, induced. And if you, if you haven't done the preliminary groundwork and you don't have someone there to guide you through it, um, you, you know, your, your biochemistry can just, can be so out of whack that you're, you're screwed and yeah. you never recover. Then there's the fourth group. And that's kind of, you know, where my scene is. And the, that fourth group is, this is an unusual event. There's something very noteworthy about it. And I'm going to, I'm going to ride with it. I'm going to walk with it for a little bit. And, uh, you know, this is where people, you know, enlightenment should be considered a verb, not a noun. Yeah. Because it's an ongoing experience. I don't, I don't, it is not my perspective that you can lose your enlightenment once you've got it. Now, if you go back to the first group that I, I mentioned, um, you know, they can ignore it enough that it kind of goes away, but it's, it's the typical thing, you know, what has been seen cannot be unseen. It's always there in the back of your mind. But the, this fourth group, they, you know, they are able to then move through life in a different way. They have a different relationship with life. Now, that being said, I have encountered a lot of people that I absolutely know were enlightened that were assholes. And that is the kind of thing that confuses people. Well, if you've had this experience, you've had this oneness with spirit and, and life and, and an understanding about things, how could someone be an asshole? Well, 
it's like the old uh, Zen saying of before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water after enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Yeah. You know, if you were an, if you were an asshole before you were enlightened, you're basically an enlightened asshole. And now someone who has gone through and this event and experienced these little kin shows or maybe a big one, um, they have the vocabulary to be able to, now here we go into transcendence, transcend their assholiness. And so, you know, circling back around, as you, you know, I'm well known for talking in circles. Um, okay, so you've gone through, you've experienced this event, this series of events, this, this change in your life that you can say, yes, I'm different after this than before it. Well, what do you do with it? Well, then that's when you kind of move into my space where it, there's the focus on transcendence because we, Mr. Gray, the, the amount of artificial restrictions that we as humans put on ourselves that manifest primarily as distractions, yep. you know, you look at the politics that's going on, you look mm -hmm. at the social dynamics, the silliness in social media, um, these are all things that are distracting every participant from why we're here, what the purpose of life is and the meaning of our life. Yep. You know? And so therefore, if you want to have that fullness of experience, you have to transcend, you have to go beyond these limitations. And now a lot of people think that when I speak in, in these terms that I'm talking about uh, levitating and walking through walls and, and being godlike. And we cannot go against natural, universal, and sacred law. You know, we, when we hear laws, we think of what the people in Washington and in our uh, home state houses do. And you know, they, what men create are, is not laws. They're rules and regulations. You know, supposedly there's a law in the books against committing murder. Um, murders are committed every day. Yep, yep. Real law, natural, sacred, universal laws cannot be broken. The, the law of gravity cannot be broken. Certainly, we can work around it. You know, like they say in the Matrix, you can bend the law a little bit. But once once the airplane runs out of gas, gravity's back in charge, and yeah. the plane goes down. Um, the you know we're not trying to to create some type of abnormal human in this process. The idea is just to, as they say, to pull the scales away from people's eyes so that they can see things as they really are. You yeah. know, it, it's not this big complicated thing that it's, it's as simple as a walk in the woods, spending some time sitting next to a, a large rock and being in ceremony, um, looking at uh, across a table at the, the person that you love and, that's enough. That is the fullness. That is the experience of transcendence. And again, it is a verb. It is not a noun. It's something that goes on and on and on. It's not a destination. It is a series and collections of ex of experiences. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because you know it's it goes back to awareness too because it's it's being in a position where you can see those things. So when you were talking about 
you know, sitting at the table, somebody you love and being outside in nature, it's basically, and I'm not a big fan because I know that this is kind of the buzzword living in the now and all this, but it it basically is experiencing experience Mm -hmm. and it's knowing that that's going on. So for the people listening that are saying, you know, what the hell are these two guys talking about? The point is it's seeing what's going on now and knowing that the other things, let's say social media, politics, whatever, are essentially, they, they may be part of our experience here, but they're not necessarily true. It's kind of that real versus true thing. Oh, everything's real that you're dealing with, but I don't know how true a lot of that stuff is because it's like when I try to talk to people about this stuff, I go, you know, and I, I'm no Buddha, you know, I've got problems like anyone else does. I have these days, which I've had even the last few days, where my mind has just been going and going. And, you know, I've got stuff going on in my personal life like anyone does. But the difference, let's say, between someone that had, that knows how to, you know, I'm doing quotes here, use transcendence or see it or whatever, is they know that's going on. So when I'm driving down the road and it's just a billion things are spinning through my head, I know those things are spinning through my head. Mm -hmm. And like you said, if you go out anywhere, you go to a gym, you go to a store, a lot of these people do not know that their mind is going because they are the mind. They're not able to be in an awareness state to where they can observe it and then in turn transcend it. You know, and that's, I say this sometimes in my tweets with social media, but I I don't want to get involved in, the drama on there but you know you have people on there that and this is like a point we were going to talk about social media transcendence quote unquote how do you use it kind of like in modern times you know you've got people on there doesn't matter who they are you know whatever they're doing whatever they're they could be politics they could be in our sphere whatever and they're preaching things that are this or that in their, you know, alpha, beta, masculine, all these cool words that people are using now. But then if someone replies to their tweet in a way they don't like, they block them, talk shit about them, never do it. You know, there's a drama thing now and everybody's talking about, but in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, why did, why did you have to do that? You know, in transcendence is looking at it and going, oh man, that's interesting. You know, which I do every day to somebody that replies to me and go, oh, that's neat. And then logging out and going about my day. You know, it's mm-hmm. it, the point of what I'm saying here is that's transcendence is being in a position where you can look and say, man, I'm really pissed off right now. This guy who commented or this person that did this, I'm pissed off. Mm-hmm. But you have to ask why that's another thing I talk about. Well, why am I pissed off? Well, maybe I'm projecting a little bit because I'm insecure or whatever, which let me tell you, most people on social media are. And then you say, Oh, well that's what it is. And you go about your day. I was on, I was on the other day and it it was some, you know, a million followers guy on there. I don't know who he is. He was like a Hollywood type or something in, he literally had something on his profile that said, I don't know, like he was all about the First Amendment or something. But then he put a tweet that said, well, this person shouldn't be allowed to say this or that when they're on their TV show. <laughs> and I remember sitting there and going, OK, well, maybe it's satire. Like, I, I, I don't know. But I can remember for about three seconds going, 
2019 is just it's a dumpster fire i mean it's it's opposite day it's everything is opposite day oh i believe in this but just make sure you don't go outside of it so then you don't really believe in it you're not really secure in it you know so transcendence and that's the problem right there sorry to interrupt the is beliefs um and that's not secure you know like if you're stuck on a belief changed you know i can i I, you know i I am trained in hypnosis you know i've worked in in doing the kind of spiritual stuff that you know is is attributed to you know supernatural stuff which it is not it is just simply uh, understanding nature and the you know the, the human mind but the I mean, it's just it's just so frustrating to even even try to describe it that people just you know you were speaking of, of of mindfulness or you know kind of dancing around it or mindset true mindfulness if you if you engage in that you don't have to be focused on transcendence yeah because yeah. you are in the moment yeah. and that is what we are not yeah. we are so much in a, a state of you know, thinking about what we're going to do or what we've done, or if it's a, a social media thing, what we should have said to some smart ass, you know, the, the typical thing that, you know, two days after a, an exchange, oh, I should have said this. Yeah. You know, it's, that it's kind of waste. Silly. You know, we, if true mindfulness is not this airy fairy um, state of total Zen, it's, it's okay. I just had an argument with my wife. That sucks. What could I have done differently? Yeah. You know, how could yeah. we have arranged it? You know, it's, so, and that applies to everything, you know, yeah. from, from sitting on the toilet to driving, to you know, interacting on social media, to talking to your boss, to, to interacting with your dog. You know, yeah. that, you know, if, if you want to see what real mindfulness is, Look at a dog. Look at a cat. Oh, yeah. For sure, a dog. You got that right. It's just in the moment. I mean, it's it's like if you really – because it was funny because you were saying mindfulness and I and you don't have to focus on transcendence because you're not focusing on anything. The idea mm-hmm. is just you're there in experience and you read a lot of these books and it turns people off, which I get it, you know, especially people in our – corner of the internet because it it comes off as weird or or spiritual or religious or whatever but really in 500 words of a book all these people are saying and it start you know i read that one year that first year we met i mean i must have read 300 books in that year some crazy number and it started hitting a point where they were all saying the same thing and it was be in a position where you can essentially analyze like openly you just have an open analysis of what you did but be able to do it in a way where you could be realistic like I was thinking today prepping for this podcast I was like okay what's a good example an example is if you are let's say in the gym and you're I don't know you're you're trying to do a weight you can't do the weight you're embarrassed I mean this stupid example but and someone came up to you and said, man, you're really struggling with that weight. What's the normal person going to do? Boom, resistance, ego, screw you. It's going to be a thing. But the aware person, you could still be confident, will go. I mean, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, I would stop and think, shit, I am struggling with this. 
And I'd probably laugh. I'd be like, yeah, man, I'm having a hard time with this. But that's that's it. That's transcendence. That's awareness is can I look at my situation for two seconds, remove the emotion from it, be in pure observation and say, what is really going on here? Why am I doing this? Why am I, et cetera, et cetera. And when you can do that, that to me, I mean, control is kind of an illusion, but to me, that's, that's real power. That's real control. Being able to pull back and say, man, I did screw up. You know, and I talked about that in a few podcasts back. I had an incident during some training um, and it was, you know, recently and it was the same thing. It was like, I screwed up. There's just no other way to put it. I screwed up. And I had to look this dude in his face and say, I'm sorry about that. I screwed up and it's unacceptable. And there's not a lot of people that would do that because then you got to deal with the mental fallout, which is you feel like a piece of shit. What am I doing? How could I forget something so stupid? So, you know, it's that, you know, better than a lot of people. It's that constant meditative state, not cross legs, not floating, but how am I looking at my situation unattached, like for real? Did I just do something emotional? Did I just have an emotional reaction? That guy on Twitter for one second, I was like, well, I'll retweet it and just be like, well, you know, whatever. But I stopped and I said, okay, no, why? (laughs) What is being gained? The only thing that's being gained is I think he's an idiot and I'm going to tell people, okay, what's, what's the point of that? And that goes into what you said with politics and stuff where I get it. It's technically part of all of our lives, but you could argue that the left doesn't want to see the right side. The right doesn't want to see the left side. So what's the point? Well, that, that circles back to, to uh, beliefs and, you know, we, yeah, like I said, yeah, I'm a, I'm a trained hypnotherapist. You give me enough time. I can convince you either just through suggestion or through inducing trance that if it, it's daylight and 12 o'clock noon and the sun's out, I can convince you that it's nighttime. That's, but that is a belief. But if you know, you know, what you know cannot be assailed. Now, granted, sometimes we know things that are wrong, yep. but the going from empirical experience has, you know, I, I would much rather deal with someone who has questionable knowledge than someone that has a, a buttload of beliefs that they, they just cling to. Because one of the things that I say all the time is that don't take what anyone says, especially me. Don't take what anyone says at face value because there is very possible a chance that they did yeah. and the person before them took it. And, you know, it's, it's the old, uh, the old adage of, you know, why do we cut the ends off the ham when we cook it, grandma? Well, that's what my mother did and whatever mother did. Well, you find out that the damn, uh, you know, the pan that the great grandmother had wasn't big enough to hold a full size ham. Yeah. Yep. And to, to just on faith, accept what something is said you know, and, you know, and and my goodness you know the both sides on the political spectrum um i mean it's 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 ideological warfare right now and that nobody is giving an inch and if people would just stop step back 
unattach and say, why am I letting X bother me? What, what is the difference? What do I hope to gain? You know, yep. well, sometimes it's, it's, well, we have a disagreement that, you know, this methodology is, is superior to that methodology. Well, okay. If we step back and, you know, as you were saying, um, you know, don't let the emotions rule, we can talk things out. But the problem that, and the, one of the reasons that hypnosis is such a good thing is because it, it doesn't deal with the mind per se. It kind of bypasses the conscious mind and you start dealing with, with animal instincts and animal uh, feelings and, you know, like it or don't, you know, you can say that, uh, you know, when we end this podcast, you're going to go down and buy yourself a new truck. Well, you can convince yourself all you want to that you're buying this truck because it's a good price and it's dependable and it, uh, you know, it, it's going to last for years and it's economical. Bullshit. You're buying it because it, it touches something in you that's a feeling. Yeah. And yeah, yep. all those other things certainly may contribute to it, but they contribute to reinforcing that feeling. Yep. And that's the transcendence and the awareness piece because there are people that can do what you just said and say, oh, no, okay. Like if, if that was actually me and somebody around me was like, what are you getting that for? I'd say, I, I'm not kidding. I would say, oh, I just really want it, but I'm telling myself that it's for the gas mileage or, but mm -hmm. like, I have no problem with that because to me, it's just human. But like you said, who's doing that? It's mm -hmm. just emotion, emotion. And you look at something like politics, especially that tweet I was looking at. I am about this policy, but I don't want you doing that policy. And it's what? I mean, this is this is emotional projections. This is internal emotional projections to the external. It's I think I mean, I think honestly, excuse me, that people are essentially just bored. And if you have enough time to sit online all day and go back and forth about this side, that side, you know, the news cycle, it, it's just, it's too much. And honestly, I'd like to have somebody on the left on here, somebody on the right separately and do an interview with no emotion because I'd be able to interview and say, I just want to hear your side and I'm not going to put my two cents in because I frankly don't care. I don't even know what my two cents is, but who's doing that. It's, it's impossible for people. They've got to throw in that emotion. They got to throw in that two cents, especially in 2019. Well, part of the problem is that, um, humane, civil, well-mannered discourse is almost non-existent. Oh, it and, is. Nice. You know, you've known me long enough to know the weight that I place on manners and, uh, you know, and being a gentleman or being a lady. And, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't get out and, and make a mess if you have to when it's appropriate. But the, you know, everybody takes everything so damn personal now. Uh -huh. And, and I'm, I'm as guilty of it as anybody. You know, someone make a, a comment to one of my tweets. And, you know, I, I present myself as a gentleman, nice. And yeah, you know, I, I yuck it up a lot about blocking people. And, you know, quite frankly, that's, for me, that's the easiest way to avoid these kind of silly uh, yeah. conflicts. But to, 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 you know, see one that shows up and I'm like, really? What, where in the hell did you, you know, so I just stop. You know, okay, I can mute this person. I can ignore this person. I can give them the benefit of the doubt. 
I can block it. But what's, you know, what point am I trying to make? Why, yep. why should yep. this, why should I let this bother me? And, and then, you know, that's when the whole, you know, decades of Zen training comes in is like, you know, you know, and again, to be crass here, it's just like a, you know, fuck it. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it gives you choice. And that, that's kind of how I look at it is I've actually had that happen multiple times in any position, not just social media where, you know, you'll be sitting, you'll be at the computer, you'll be in the car, you'll be at the gym and something is just burning you in your gut. Just, oh man, you are pissed off. And I actually will stop and I'll feel it dissipate because I'm like, well, if I'm not feeding this mental uh, creation, it doesn't exist. These things don't exist. And because it's like I, I've said this before is I had somebody message me once and they said it's hard for me to not be depressed or have anxiety because I feel like it's waiting for me around the corner. And I was like, okay. Take a picture of it and send it to me. Ooh. I mean, there's there's no there's nothing there. It's a mental creation because of the past and worry of the future. And if you could just stop and get out of that for a second, which obviously that's the pinnacle, that's what people are trying to do, it goes away because you're not fueling it. So when you are sitting there with that guy on Twitter and you go, wait, why am I doing this? I mean that is power all these guys looking for power and this and that and all these all this tough talk on twitter that is power is the guy that just looks back and smiles and says oh <laughs> like i pff, that's not my thing i'm not i mean i can't tell you how many times red horse where i would just be sitting there and going so when i was first really getting down this path so technically i don't have to feel this way right now mhm I mean, that that's when the lid blows off because you spend all your years thinking that there's no other way to live, you know, and it just it gives you options. That's all this is. That's all yeah. this training stuff is, is giving you options. Yeah, there there is no law. There might be a rule. There might be a regulation, but there is no law that says you have to respond or react to anything. Yep. You know, now, obviously, if if a you're, you're crossing a street in a uh, crosswalk and the light says that you can cross, and you look out of the corner of your eye and you see a a, a semi bearing down on you, okay, you need to respond and react to that. But uh, that is a very very different thing from sitting at your desk and having your boss you know chap you for uh, something that you actually didn't do, and then getting all uh, torqued out of the frame about it. And you know, it's it it comes back again to what I, I alluded to earlier. And that's, these things are distractions, yep. um, you know, at their, at their absolute core, that's all they are. And it takes us away from why we're here. You know, you've, you've heard me say this many times. We, I think I said it in the, the podcast that you and I did with uh, Dr. Burroughs, you know, a while back. Um, there's a question that I get all the time. That being, you know, what is the purpose of life? What is the meaning of my life? That's actually two questions. The first question, you know, when you divide that question in half, the first question, the answer is the same for every person that has ever lived or ever will live. The second question, the answer is unique for every person that has lived or ever will live. You know, so the original question of 
What is the purpose of life? What is the meaning of my life? Let's divide that. What is the purpose of life? This is the one that's across the board for everybody. The purpose of life is to experience what it is to be alive. That's why we're incarnated because, you know, I'm not going to, you know, pull out theology or, you know, isms or anything about this. This is just my personal experience and and what I have been taught in, in, you know, my disciplines that before we are born into a physical life, we're pure intellect. You know, essentially we are what some people would describe as godlike. We know all, we see all, but we can't, it's just information. You can't experience it. So to experience this stuff, we are born into a physical body and that's, you know, you want to, if you want to know what it feels like to have, have a tree branch brush against your skin, you gotta be, you gotta have a body for that to work. If you want to know what it's like to to taste a wonderful meal, you gotta have a body. You gotta have a tongue that functions. If you want to know what it is to have sex, you gotta have privates. You, you can, as intellect, you can think about it. You can be aware of it, but you can't experience it. So that's the purpose of life to live the meaning of life. This is the one that's unique for everybody. And this is the one that gets people. The meaning of life is the meaning that we as individuals choose to give it. And, you know, people that haven't done their due diligence, well, you know, I didn't choose to do this. I, I, you know, I got a crappy job. I was born into a shitty family and blah, blah, blah. You know, to, to uh, take it from your perspective, backing out, looking at stuff. Okay. If, if your life doesn't have the meaning you want, change it. Yep. It is within your capacity to make changes. And yeah, everybody's got difficulties. Some people have challenges that that can't be surpassed. Perfect example, since we've been picking on social media and and our favorite Twitter, um, months and months ago, I posted a, uh, a video of a young man that I'm very fond of who uh, has cerebral palsy and he has taken to, to the gym. He loves to do uh, strongman stuff and he loves to deadlift. He's been a, he's actually competed in a powerlifting competition. And uh, this uh, first video I posted, he was, uh, he pulled almost twice his body weight. He, he, at the time he weighed about 80 pounds and he was pulling almost 160. And it wasn't, what you would normally expect for someone that has cerebral palsy, I guess it would be the norm. It was kind of, um, shall we say disjointed, but he did some amazing stuff. Yeah. I post the video with, you know, admittedly a, uh, a, a challenge. What's your excuse? Yeah. And a lot of people, Oh man, this is great. I'm going to hit the gym tomorrow. I'm going to, and there was this one post that historically you know, many, many years ago, I would have immediately got up in his business, but I, I, I sat with it for a minute. And this, this chap responded, uh, I'm a quadriplegic. Is, is that excuse enough? So I, mm. I went, mm. I went to his page. I looked yes, he's legitimately a quadriplegic. Uh, he's not some troll. And I answered back to him and I said, sir, you have a reason. You don't have an excuse. There's a difference. That's a good way to put it. Yep, for sure. And, you know, for people that have reasons, yeah, most people would suggest that what they have is reasons and yeah, really what, what they have is excuses. 
Yep. But that requires what, you know, what is traditionally known as soul searching. You have got to look in the mirror of self-reflection and be brutally honest. You know, Mr. Gray, on the path that I am on and that I, I use as the source for what I teach, um, there are very few times you will ever hear the words should or must. Those don't, those don't come out of my mouth and they don't come out of the mouths of my teachers. And with rare exceptions. So when I hear one of those words, my radar goes up and I pay attention. One of the few times I have heard that word used or a variant of those words used is, if you wish to heal, if you wish to grow, if you wish to transcend, you must be brutal and completely willing to be self-critical. Yep. And that's what a lot of folks, most folks are unwilling to do. Yep. Or if they're willing to do it, they're only willing to go, you know, peel the onion back a little bit. Yeah, because you know, it hurts and they don't absolutely. want to look at it. <laughs> yeah. And, and what hurts even more is when you get to the core of the problems and find out yep. that probably 98% of the problems you have, you created. Oh, yeah. Yep, for sure. And I remember specifically doing that in a few, this was years ago, in a few training situations I had where they required, you know, better than better. I mean, it was a lot. You had to be... Um, very exact in what you did and I can remember a few times not being that and feeling like a zombie and I remember one day after training I was sitting on my bed or something and I just kind of dropped all my gear and was just like what in the world is really going on here because I can't accomplish this and I remember it took a bit but at that point, I had a little bit of awareness of, okay, I know it's me, but I didn't know what to do with it. I was too full of anxiety. And then a few years later, I remember just driving somewhere and I was like, oh, that's why I was doing so bad at that. But I had to really look at it and it was hard because essentially my lack of focus on the training was because I was so focused on my disaster of a personal life. But when you're a man or whatever cool title you want to use, especially like, you know, a gun toter and all that, you don't want to admit that crap. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it was, but I still, even to this day, I'm like my biggest drawback in a lot of those situations was I was there to kind of get it done instead of learn because my mind was on all the crap that was going on at home. So you have to be able to do that. And then it's funny because the second I did that, take a guess what happened. You know, oh. the training went how it normally was. And I remember having, we had a few incidents where they kind of, they would put you in scenarios to see how you would react. And I remember in one of them, essentially, this is when it would, the lid was starting to come off a little. And I kind of just went in there almost in like a no mind state, you know, I was directed, but I didn't expect anything and it went great, you know? So it's, it's really like me and you have said this and I, I've said this in some of these, some of the things I've wrote is if you took a pill and it shut down the mind, quote unquote, not your brain, the mind, the buildup, the past, the future, all these, all these things, you wouldn't have all the problems that you have. 
So what's that tell you? Why are people taking all these mind-altering pills? Because it's slowing down the areas that are overactive and then they can live a better life. So what's that tell you? It's all in the mind. You know, but you have to do the work and have to look in there. And that's what I'm always telling people is go to the core and ask why. Because people need certain things. I mean, you know this. You've you've worked with a lot of people. You know, some people do need a mindset shift, quote unquote. I'm not a fan of that word. Or they need uh, what was some, you know, a frame or whatever, but eventually the practice has to become you. And the only way in doing that is by going to the core of why, if you get pissed off every every time someone tweets something at you, you've got to ask why, and you've got to remove that. Or you could just hold a mindset and be a tough guy or block or whatever. So, eventually the games have to stop and i think that's the point of transcendence and that's the point of looking at the core of all these things so something else i wanted to bring up in this conversation is i think another great way to describe transcendence is we live in a society where if you read a self-help book they're trying to make you feel better that's you know it's like it's like getting a pill from the doctor just they don't care about where it came from. It's just, let's cover it up, put a bandaid on it. And to me, they kind of are like, well, you'll read these books and I hate it. And they'll say, you know, life is hard. Life is supposed to be terrible. And you're probably going through a lot because you have a job and kids. They're basically just telling you, well, it's okay to be completely crazy and stressed. Let's just find a way to deal with it. Let's find a way to handle it. Let's find a way to deal with it. To me, transcendence is the exact opposite of that you're not dealing with anything you're looking at it seeing all the data seeing all the intel from an unattached position and going okay i'm done with that and it just boom click your fingers drops out so i think there's definitely a a pull there there's a degree there of transcendence compared to dealing with things and i think society nowadays is all about dealing with it I heard it's. I heard some on the radio today. It was. I think it was like a comedy show, and it just in my car. And the person was like, "Yeah, you know, I went out to a store, and they made a joke about it. But you know, everybody is struggling. Everybody is in pain, and all this. And that's the problem because nobody's trying to fix that. They're just living in it. You know. So that's the difference between transcendence and what's going on now. Well, the very popular or unpopular opinion that I hold and I don't share often because it's so unpopular, <clears throat> you know, other than, you know, perhaps the gentleman I mentioned earlier that was a quadriplegic or, you know, someone that is born with some kind of catastrophic uh, physical dis- or mental disability. Uh, if you're born in the West in the last 50 to excuse me, you know, 70 years, um, the likelihood of you having suffered a day is very low. Yeah. You know, st- statistically, uh, it's probably inconsequential. So what is passing in our society these days for suffering and misery and, and uh, you know, wailing and gnashing of teeth 
is just a lack of perspective, a lack of measure and a lack of appreciation for what is out there, what is available. And I'm not even talking about material things like shelter and, and uh, heat in the winter and cool in the summer and, and nice clothes and, you know, all of that. It just, we, it is, it is something endemic in our culture that we've got it so good. We've got to make things bad to, to feel yep. better. Yep. You know, that's perfect. A perfect example of that is all of our entertainment industry. You know, with these people that are making multiple millions of dollars, either to uh, to pretend to be somebody else or to play a sport that kids played, and because they enjoy what they do and it's not hard and and they're they're being so well compensated, they feel like they have to go out and and you know save the world and convince everybody about how bad things are, and that's again distraction i mean if 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 you don't leave this conversation with anything from me the the devastating effects of this thing called distraction we've we have got to be able to and this you know healing is this uh, whether it's on an individual level or on a community or worldwide level we've got to be able to look at things and acknowledge them as they are step back, look at them from the 36,000 foot view, and then start to, you know, take away the things that don't work. You know, you don't, you don't burn the entire uh, construct down and start over from new. That's, that's silly. But there are things that if, you know, as individuals, we can, if we can start observing and then dismantling our situations and our systems, you know, and again, this is a personal thing I'm talking about. Um, and then, okay, I don't need this attitude. I don't need this approach. I don't need this thing anymore. Well, this attitude and this thing over here is good. So I'll keep that. And then we, we spend our lives generally living as accidental humans. Yeah. And yeah. that's the problem. It, we have to become intentional creatures. And when we do that and move from the place of accident to intent, that's when the distractions, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with being entertained. There's nothing wrong with having entertainers and entertainments. There's nothing wrong with, uh, in, in this uh, use of the word distraction, there's nothing wrong with, oh, well, I think I'll go and watch a football game today, or I'll, I'll futz around on Twitter for a little bit, or I'll play a video game. But get, you know, investing life force energy into these distractions is what makes them so deadly. Yep. Yep. And that's a perfect point because that's exactly what's happening in politics. And I, I feel like it's almost, I feel like what we have going on nowadays is almost a forced duality because we have it so good. You know, most of us, like you said, especially that, you know, listen to a podcast on iTunes. I mean, you have it pretty good. So as humans, we like drama. So how are we going to make the drama? You know, I, you, you see that every day. Someone's in the gas station and they're flipping their phone and there's phones ringing, their other phones ringing. And oh my gosh, you know, John said that da, 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 and all this crap. And you can look if you have any sort of awareness and you say, oh, that person's creating that. They're creating a dramatic, like, oh, I'm so busy. That's a new thing. I'm so busy. A lot of people aren't that busy. 
they're just stuck in a framework that they created that sucks and that's what it is it's it's when you don't have to necessarily survive the way that we used to when you don't i mean most people don't have to do anything as far as where they live you know, you create it. I mean, even where I live now, you know, there's a lot of things you have to do in certain weather, you know, times and all these things. And we're not used to that as people. So we create it. But the, you know, it all comes back to what we said before, which at this point I think is sad where no one knows that they have a choice. They have no clue. That is the difference. So I don't know what it means when people on social media say woke or whatever. I don't think they have any clue what the hell that means. But when you're awake compared to asleep, when you hear, you know, more of the, let's just call it esoteric stuff, the difference between someone that's awake and asleep is even like you said, even if they are programmed, even if they're having a drink, playing a video game, doing all these things that are, you know, non um, you know, they don't serve much. They're non-productive. They know they're doing it. That's mm-hmm. the difference. That is the difference is if I walk into a gas station and someone bumps me or something and I get pissed off, I'm like, oh, I'm annoyed because I've been programmed through the years to be annoyed if somebody does that. And then the second you do that, you now have a choice to not do it. But that, that to me is the worst part. And I think if people could put it in more of a, you know, uh, easy to use, I don't know, framework or something. Transcendence would really be the topic of most books. And I mean, really, that's what these Eastern books and even Stoic philosophy, you know, if you read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, I mean, that's all he's doing. He's writing in his journal Oh, I thought this today. I don't know why I thought this. It doesn't matter. Talks about death. Talks about it. I mean, that's basically mindfulness at its core. That's transcendence at its core. So, well, even back then, it just goes to show that the human condition has not advanced. Oh, yeah. Technology has, but it was distractions then. Yep. You know, you know, as 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 simple and 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 obvious as it is today i mean it's even worse today with you know with electronics and 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 our technology the way it is but what perhaps may be the greatest hindrance to transcendence is and and again you know my whole thing is i am the gentleman mystic i talk about uh, i talk about fine shoes and clothes and 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 liquors and and interactions but I'm not bound up in these things. These are yeah. things to experience. Yep. They're not, you know, it's it, a good point. I, I can have it or I can not have it. It's, you know, and, and if I don't have it, if I want it, I can go get it. But the thing that is so detrimental to transcendence is if you have things, whether these things are physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual, whether they're beliefs, whether they're objects, the more things, things you have in your life and in your environment, the more things that require maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're going to, it's, it, you know, transcendence is, it demands awareness and attention. And if you're constantly, you know, if, if you're one of these guys that's, and, and, you know, I, I'm not begrudging anybody at all that has, if they have a, a mansion that has, you know, 10 bedrooms and it's a six car garage and, 
know, if you've got the money and can pay people to, to, to dust the stuff you have, great. But if you can't, you know, if you're the guy that's got the, you know, the, uh, he, he's living out of a trailer and, and, you know, trying to keep the, the lights on and these things require maintenance. They re I'll never forget one time my grandpa saying to me that, you know, because he was a teacher and, and, and a respected healer, that people would always want to give him gifts. And, you know, early on the path, that's cool. You know, you got a, you got a blanket or you got you know, this or you got that. And it just kind of came to a point where it's like, oh, great. Something else for me to dust. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we need fewer things in our life and in our lives to dust that gives us more bandwidth to focus on what matters, what brings us joy, what allows us to create experience and express beauty. That's to me, the, the, you know, the beginning and ending of what transcendence is. Yeah. And it's, it's once again, it's, you have to be in a position to where you can see those things. And that that's what I think is it's like, I, you know, these conversations I've had on this podcast and it always seems to come back to that. But the point is to know that it's possible, like you said, so you have, you know, you like the nicer things in life. We could say that, I mean, me and you, we both like watches, you know, nice watches, expensive watches. I have some real expensive ones and, but you better believe that if I didn't have them, it's not going to affect me. I mean, that, that was a good point that you brought. It's like the the real king, the real master is the guy that has all these things, but doesn't necessarily need them. And, you know, this reminds me of somebody that a lot of people don't like, but Osho, mm. you know, the guy um, from the East a while back, and he had all those Netflix specials and all that. I mean, he's he's a controversial guy. But I knew somebody that was kind of linked up with that school. I'm not sure if they met him. I don't even know if that works out right with the time. It was an older gentleman I met. But he said, oh, he had those things. He had the Bentleys and the Rolls Royce and the watches and he had all those things. But he didn't care if he didn't have them. And that always stuck with me because this guy had some nice stuff. And he was, I mean, there's all kinds of stories that he wasn't what he was. But I actually think he was because he didn't come off to me as someone that needed him. So it's, it's a good point because if, you know, if I woke up tomorrow and some things dropped in my lap and I wasn't tortured by them, I wasn't attached by, to them. Why can't I enjoy them? You know, these are the little pieces that if someone's online looking at your account or my account, there's a lot of people cause I've gotten these, I've received these messages where they're like, well, this isn't realistic. Like this stuff you're talking is not realistic. We don't live in a cave. It's 2019. And I don't answer half of them because there's no point. But the answer would be you're missing the point entirely. You need to experience everything. You need to enjoy everything. But you need to be okay without it. And that involves an internal foundation. That involves an internal center. And you're not going to find that from most self-help books or most, you know, mindset training and framing and all this, because that's just a modification. I'm not trying to modify my experience. I'm trying to be in a position where I am the experience. <laughs> that's it. You know, so it's just, it's interesting because I, I always, in these conversations, I always try to find ways to, uh, 
make it actionable, make it useful, how you could take all the esoteric type knowledge and talk and make it useful. And that's a big point because you just you need to know you have a choice and you need to experience things, but not be tortured by them, because that goes back to even social media and politics. Those people are tortured by it 100 percent. To me, they don't have any beliefs. They just have emotion and they just run the run the you know train of emotion the whole day. So, I mean, this is what people need to use in a time like we're in. It, it's almost like it could be used more now than any time ever, but it's kind of opposite. You know, it's the Band-Aid mentality. Well, the you know, I, I posted earlier today uh, and I just pulled it up to make sure I get it exactly as I wrote it. Possessing the character and discipline of a monk of a monk is admirable. Living the life of a joyless ascetic, however, defeats the purpose of living at all. Oh, yeah. live, live the middle way. You know, we, yep. the, what people don't understand is that you, you know, we, we, in our society, there is this uh, uh, abhorrence of changing your mind and changing your position. You know, it, it got this uh, uh, thing of being called flip-flopping years ago. And, you know, there's, there is something to that when you, when you change your position because it's politically expedient. But because you've been presented with new information or possibilities and you then revise your position, that's, that's the mark of an intelligent person. And what most people, the, you know, the, the, the kind of folks that, that come to you and say, well, you're not talking about the real world and you know, we're, we're not living in caves. Well, I'm adamantly against pulling away from the world and living in caves. What's the point? Yeah, yeah the, you're right. You know, the, my, I guess out of all of this, what people just don't seem to grok is that you can try it. And if it doesn't work, you can go back to the way you were. Yeah. You know, learn how to meditate. Learn various ways of doing it. Don't just, you know, I, you know, hell, I, my formal training is in Soto Zen. I teach at least four other techniques because not everybody is wired the same way. Not everybody gets the same benefit. You know, one size fits all doesn't for anything. Yeah. And, you know, if people would just, you know, we we hold on so dearly to our beliefs because, you know, it, it really sucks to get to a place in your life and you realize, oh, shit, I have held on to these beliefs for 10, 20, 30, 50 years, and I'm wrong. So if I admit I'm wrong, then I'm going to look like a fool. Yeah. So you then know, they keep on being wrong, you know. It's like And, and keep on ends. being a real fool. Yeah, yeah. And to... Yeah, one of the benefits of getting older is that, I mean, the, the older I get, the less I care. Oh, yeah. What yeah. other people think about me. And, you know, quite frankly, the more and more I'm able to look in the mirror and, and, and chuckle at myself. You yeah, know, this, it's, it's knowledge. It's like you gained, gained knowledge, you know, with a capital K. And you pretty much know with another capital K that it doesn't matter. I mean, like, what are you, and you know, I don't mean that in a pessimistic kind of, 
you know, whatever, not in that way, but you, you're, you're able to look in the mirror and say, this doesn't matter. I mean, I'm in my, you know, early thirties and I feel that way. I, I don't, I don't see the point of the posturing and the ego and I, I don't really see a point. I, I see people uh, put that out all the time on social media. You know, you need to use the ego and I don't know, whatever cool word, they could turn it into a weapon or something. And it's like, well, you're not really probably ever going to really remove it, so to speak. We've talked about that before, but it's, I don't really, to me, there's a difference between real confidence and ego. You know, I, I don't really feel like I deal with ego at all but I'm confident in everything that I'm doing because I want to be doing it. So, you know, that it just, that just reminded me of that when you said that about not caring and looking in the mirror, because what is, you hit a point in life where you say, what is being gained from this? Not hedonistically, but what's the point, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, well, what? you know, people are so, so concerned about, you know, our society is so binary images you know left right up down hot cold good bad you know conservative uh progressive and you know look at your last name there are more gray areas (laughs) than there are you know binary and the problem and, and this is this is a cultural thing that has to be addressed is that you know, more and more the ability to make and be de- make decisions and be decisive is being uh, bred out of us. You know, if you, if you, and, and I'm not making political comments here, I'm just I'm making an observation. Um, if you look at zero tolerance policies in, in, especially schools or stuff, you know, nothing is taken on a case-by-case basis. Well, if we if we make an exception for one person, we'll have to make an exception for all. No, you don't. Be smart, be practical, and look at things as they come up. And, you know, if, you know, well, if it was difficult for this guy, it's going to be difficult for me. Well, if that's your mindset, I guess it will be. Yeah. And, you know, to, 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 to just step back let go um and to again i come back to the 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 statement i made earlier of we are so accidental in the way we live our lives that you get to the to the place where you're you know my age or older or you know even worse when you're on your deathbed go holy shit i didn't you know nothing i did was intentional everything just kind of happened to me robotic yep you got it you know we're 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 zombies. Oh yeah, and yep. you know, there's there, the school of thought out there that, that that that's an orchestrated thing that we're being that we're basically just livestock here to to power the matrix. And you know, to me, it's the only conspiracy that I have ever encountered in my life is the conspiracy of the ignorant and the willing. Yep. And you know, the greatest enemy of humanity in in my tradition is self-ignorance mm-hmm. and that's where it starts you have to you, you can't pass it off anymore because i didn't know you know you're telling people i'm telling people 
Um, yep. You know, yep. there's a lot of guys and gals in our in our little corner of of the universe that are talking. Yeah. And you know, yeah, a lot of it I, I can tell with some folks is just young kids that are regurgitating what they read in the book, and that's yeah. fine. We all start that way. But there comes a point where you know, you stump your toe and you know, you can either do something about it, make sure you don't stump your toe again, and if you broke your toe, fix it, or you can just, you know, la la la, I didn't break my toe, I didn't break my toe, it never happened. Well, okay. <laughs> It's a lack of self-awareness. It's a lack of, you know, it's like even times that I've tweeted things that were, I don't know, kind of maybe more direct than they should be. I knew I was doing it. I mean, it's, it's an, it's a self-awareness. So you, you're not a zombie. And when you get into the you know, conspiracy side of it, you know, like you said with, and I know I've read them all where it's, you're just like a machine and they're putting phones in your hands and they're doing this and technology. It's like, okay, but wait, you're telling me that, you know, they, whoever they is, is doing that. So right there, you just created a choice point. You just created a point where you can make choice. If the, if you think that they're controlling us through a phone or, you know, dopamine colors on the game you played. Okay. Don't play the game. You know, it, it's like, it's, that's another form of transcendence where well, if it, you it have the back. knowledge, then you're not controlled by it. Exactly. You know, it, it just comes back to the simple fact that, um, it's human nature. It is, it yep. is how it's human psychology. You know, if, if you want to get ahead in the world, you know, you, the people that do it the best are the ones that can tell stories and, you know, that, that have a, a, a work ethic and, and address that. You know, and a lot of people do this from a point of ignorance. It's like, well, man, how do you talk to people? How do you, you know, how do you do what you do? I don't know, man. It's just kind of natural. Well, they're still operating on the same principles, whether they're doing it consciously or unconsciously. And, you know, you, you, like you're talking about with the people with the phones and, and, you know, all of the, you know, supposedly fake media and, and all that. And, and it, it is, it's when you go to a website and you, oh, this is a great thing here. There's 10 things I can do to feel better today. And instead of putting the 10 things on one page, so you can sit there and look at it and get the information and decide oh, yeah. if you want to do with it, click clickbait. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so let's go to this page and then this page and then this page. And yeah, they're, if you let them, they're programming you right down the line. Yeah. I mean, if I see anything that says five things, 10 things, these little videos, I, I, I've told people to steer clear from all that, even in our corner of the internet, it, it, it's, you know, 10 ways to be more alpha. It's like, get the hell out of here with that crap. I am so sick of hearing those words because no, there's very few people that are actually living it. I mean, that's just the reality. And it's just this kind of, yeah, it is pretty much clickbait. I mean, it's, I just think there's a big difference between being and doing and talking. And, you know, you do have to see both sides. And I've had to contemplate it where there are people out there that are, would be called naturally happy. So they are going to do things like, Hey, five ways to be more 10 ways because naturally that's how they are. And that's good. But you really, 
you really got to be careful with a lot of these things. And it's, you know, one of the authors I like, Kapil Gupta, who's, you know, he's he's on Twitter, mm-hmm. wrote three books. I love the books. A lot of people I've talked to cannot stand the books. They can't. They think they're so negative and pessimistic. But really all he's saying is what we're saying here, which is you either are playing games or you're not. And I think transcendence is the Super Bowl that ends all the games and all the other stuff we're talking about is games. And, and he and he says that in every one of his books. And he said, I remember, it's just a good point to bring up here since you were talking about it earlier. I remember in one of his books, he said something, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing along the lines of anything that has a shelf life, and he's talking about life, is a, has no point. And people were just, oh, man, I think I got somebody the book. And they were like, hey, man, I can't read it. It's too negative. And then I tweeted it out. and I got a bunch of responses. Man, that's like a bad way to live your life. And I'm like, man, you guys totally missed the point. Because what he's saying is there is no meaning or, you know, we're just using words here across the board. You don't pop out like you were saying. And it's, oh, John, this is the meaning of life for you. And John, there, Joe, this is your meaning too. No, you, pers- you, your experience is the meaning. There isn't one across the board, you know, and that's what he was trying to say in there. And that's the point is people couldn't even read that without getting emotional. I got multiple messages after I tweeted that. And after I bought the book for like two or three people, they couldn't handle it. And I'm like, well, why can't you handle it? You know, you have to look at this stuff. He was saying that there's no definition across the board for everyone because we all make our own, you know, but like we're saying, that's an observational viewpoint. That's an unattached viewpoint and people can't handle that. I don't know why I started talking about that, but you know, people can't handle it. It's like, you're kidding me. You know, that's the state we live in right now in 2019. Everything is an emotional reaction. Well, so. that's what we're, that, you know, that is, that's the, I won't say it's the programming, but that is the result of uh, current yeah. circumstances with technology, with, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the zeitgeist, if you will, of, of the moment. And, you know, we could, we could go on for hours about the, the malady, you know, the maladies and the malaise and the, the drawbacks of, of human nature and to, to no end, really, it's, it just comes down to uh, a willingness to, to move from truth to real. You know, we've, we've discussed, uh, you know, privately several times of uh, the difference between what is real and what is true. You know, everybody has truth, but what, what people experience is their truth. What, what is, is what's real. You know, and, and I'm sure I, I, I wasn't even going to go here, but I'm sure people would ask, well, what the hell are you talking about? What's an example? You know, there is a, um, a genetic mutation in humans that a small portion of humans absolutely cannot stand and they despise cilantro. It's, it's something in the way that the, the, the body is made and it's, 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 it might as well be a poison to them. They can't stand it. I'm one of those kind of guys that thinks cilantro is proof positive. If there is such a thing that there's a God, <laughs> it's, it's delicious. Um, so if I'm in a room with someone who has that genetic uh, predisposition 
and between us is a, uh, a bowl filled with cilantro, you know, what's true and what's real. My, my love for cilantro is true. The other person's uh, abhorrence of cilantro is true. The cilantro is what's real. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we get so wrapped up in, you know, truth as it's, you know, philosophical or religious. And, you know, we make all this so much more complicated than it has to be. I mean, I, I hammer constantly about fundamentals and basics and they're not sexy. They're not, you know, they're not hacks. They don't, you know, they're not shortcuts. There's stuff that you have to look at and do. And it's, it's kind of like with a, a meal plan. Don't eat shit. Don't eat too much. Don't eat too little. Eat good stuff and do it consistently. Get your yeah. rest. Boom. You're in like Flint. Yeah, we like to make things complicated. <laughs> that's for sure. And that's what we do with concepts and everything. I mean, that's another big thing you see online is just these dissertations of why people are what they are whether it's a man or a woman and this and all these blogs and posts it's like geez man just live your life and stop analyzing all this stuff all the time but anyway i think that's a good place to end it or people's heads are going to blow off <laughs> at this point but we'll definitely get round two in go a little deeper into this stuff okay um but yeah i appreciate you coming on and um Tell people, I mean, we told them your Twitter, but tell them where else they can find you. I know you got, you got a couple social media accounts. Yeah. I'm, I have a, a love hate relationship, mostly hate with Instagram. <laughs> and I yeah. believe the handle is just uh, at gentleman mystic. And, uh, you know, my gripe with them is that it, it's, if you think Twitter shallow, uh, you, uh, Twitter is the Marianas trench compared to yeah, yeah. Instagram. Uh, and, uh, you know, my, my website, gentlemanmystic.com or the gentlemanmystic.com. That's where I have uh, my uh, blog post and you can sign up there uh, for my email newsletter. You know, I'm, I'm not as prolific as some folks. I, I post generally one day a week on that being Tuesday and uh, don't try to beat you to death with a lot of stuff, just uh, a little interesting thing or story or uh, whatever. And then I also, in addition to the mystical stuff, I try to let people know a little bit about, you know, shoes and cars and, you know, fun stuff. And because, you know, if, if, if you're to take this dead seriously, I mean, it's, it's just as bad as people that are just, you know, wrapped up in, in whatever the distraction of the moment is. And you also have a fasting thing you're selling, right? Yes, I do. Thank you for uh, r reminding me of that. It's uh, one of the Gumroad goodies, and it is called the Revealing the Secrets of Effortless Fasting. Uh, it is no fluff, all meat, pardon the pun, <laughs> about how to, how to, if you will put in the work, kind of like what we've been talking about for an hour and a half now here, you can... You can learn to fast and, and do it without there being any difficulty, whether it's a, uh, just a, an intermittent fasting approach or if you want to do day or multiple day, you know, when you start moving into those multiple days, it goes from being a, a physical thing to a, a, you know, a more spiritual uh, dynamic. And 
you know, I'm, I'm planning on making myself available for uh, private consultations. I've had, uh, you know, there's been reach out for, you know, can, can you give me a, a pointer on this? You know, I, I, I got the, the, uh, the guide and I got a question. So that is also available on, uh, on the webpage and, uh, you know, it's eight bucks. You, know, you won't go, won't go broke, not eating. Thank you. <laughs> you won't be spending that money on food so you can afford it. There you go. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we'll schedule a round two and make it happen. So, um, all right, guys, thanks for listening. This episode of the Painted Target podcast was brought to you by Awareness Integrations. Only you care about your problems. The Painted Target is also sponsored by Grave Delay Athletics, apparel that says, I'm going to live well and cheat death. <laughs>